0: This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one.
1: This month, Intronaut released their sixth full-length fluid existential inversions via Metal Blade Records, featuring some of the most dramatic and epic sounds of their career. The album includes keyboards for the first time in the band's history Along with a guest appearance by Ben Sharp of Cloud Kicker, resulting in a unique finished product that stands apart from Intronaut's catalog. Purchase your copy of Fluid Existential Inversions Now at MetalBlade.com intronaut Intranaut. Once again, guys, don't miss this record: Fluid Existential Inversions now. Metalblade.com slash I <laughs> Sucks Podcast with your hosts, Petter Spych, Brandon Hahn, and Jocelyn Sharp. Metal Sucks Podcast. Hey, what's going on, friends? It's, it is I, your host, Petter Spych. I am always joined by... My name is Brandon Gooch Hahn, and yeah, I went back to Gooch, by
2: the way. I noticed yeah. that <laughs> at your buddy Gooch. <laughs> That's right. On the old Twitter and fa- Instagram stuff.
1: Oh, you old ass man. <laughs> old bitch. So follow you where?
2: On at Instagram and Twitter uh, at your buddy Gooch. And Facebook? Facebook. I i don't think I can. Brandon remember. Hahn is what like is on that. Facebook.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Ignore the Facebook. <laughs> and uh, as always,
0: <laughs> it's Joslyn Sharp. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Joslyn Sharp, J O Z A L Y N Sharp.
1: And you can follow me, guys, at Rise to Offend on Twitter and Facebook, and Rise to Official on Instagram. Make sure to follow our other co-host, Sylvia Alvarado, at It's the Sylvia on Twitter and Instagram. Okay. This week, guys, we got Charlotte and Martine from D-Lane on the show, guys. New record, Apocalypse and Chill, is coming out February 7th. Pre-order, and if you haven't had a chance, we're going to play a couple tracks off that record, guys. But before we do that, we got to talk about... Unfortunately, the sad Metal Sucks news this week. As you guys heard the intro song, I played a song by Corrosion of Conformity, 13 Angels. That is a tribute to another drummer passing away in 2020. Our uh, third in as many weeks as this uh, has happened, and that is Reed Mullen of Corrosion of Conformity. Um, if you guys don't know me, huge Corrosion of Conformity fam, Top five band of me for all time. But um, Reed's death, on top of Neil Pert, on top of Sean from Cynic and Death, uh, it's it's like it gets to the point where you're kind of like, and uh, on top of if we may, Kobe Bryant, yeah, you know, it gets to the point where you're like, damn, you know, so it, it, it forces it, you to do a lot of self reflection.
0: Mortality is real, you know. Yeah. We're getting older, and and the thing is, is these people are our heroes, and it really does suck, and it really leaves a hole in in our lives when when people like this who who gave us literally hours and hours of joy leave
1: and still will and
0: still will because they'll live recorded. on forever
1: yeah. um and it's like i, I think about it because we there's two comedians on the show two hilarious comedians you guys need to be following that's Brendan guchan and jocelyn sharp oh okay there you're talking about you i
0: was like like,
1: and i feel like every week we're kind of depressing now we
0: are depressing
1: make comedy bits we can't play them because it doesn't make sense we can't be like hey someone died let's play a no one's no one's allowed to
0: die no more dying
1: we we want the death to take a break but um i we have to share a moment um about our at least in our lives about corrosion conformity. conformity as i mentioned one of my favorite bands of all time you know the first record i got um was blind as a kid and the, the way i got this record i got in trouble this is a true story There was a thing back in the day, I don't know if people know, uh, you guys will know, hopefully, but there was a thing called the Columbia House or BMG. I can't remember. (laughs) Where you got like 17 CDs for a penny. Yeah. Now, keep in mind, I am a a first-generation American, so my parents weren't of rich money. We lived in an apartment. Me and my brother shared a room, two-bedroom apartment. And uh, for one of my birthdays, I asked my mom if I can do (laughs) the Columbia House or the BMG. I was 10 or 11 years old at the time. It was 12 records for a penny is whatever the deal was. And so I got my 12 CDs in the mail for a fucking penny. Right. And that was my birthday present. But wasn't there a hook? I, I'm trying The to- hook is about to hit you right now. Yeah. Son. In the mouth, let's go right in the mouth. I was about 11 years old. And the hook was, is that they sent you a thing saying, Hey, uh, you have so and so time to send something back, or we're going to charge you 20, 25, 20 or 25 bucks for a single CD. And that single CD that I got in the mail as a surprise was Corrosion of Blind. And my mom and dad were pissed at me because they had to pay $20 for that record. But they, look at it this way they paid $20 They paid
2: $20 and a penny. <laughs> yeah, for- but you're not
0: thinking about the exchange rate from US dollars to radishes.
2: You're right, She's radishes. You <laughs> got a good point. He's like this is half my car Pete. God damn it.
1: <laughs> now for everybody that doesn't know my mother the saint my mother he had me. He had my brother. We're going to private school, right? My oh. dad. My dad is paralyzed. Okay, oh. so she's she's holding it all together. So a $20 corrosion. This saying, was also yeah. 19 what nineteen ninety one? Yeah,
0: that's yeah. 20 bucks was that's like four hours
1: worth. Yeah. <laughs> a $20 corrosion. We're, we're in the ghetto, too. We're not in a good neighborhood.
0: Also, $20 for a CD today is a lot.
1: Yeah. A lady above us to the right, two apartments over, was raped, and there was cops all over our place. That's the, the apartments we grew up in. Wow. You could okay. have just
2: said apartments and left that part out. We got it. No, no, no. You, you already know, had me when you were there's talking a about first generation between. America growing where you and your brother live in one room. Okay. We already got the poor part. Pete's like, no, let me sprinkle in some rape in there. Yeah. Let I me... Mean, Really tug on your heartstrings. We get it. This is, I mean, I don't. (laughs) We get it. I I will confess. People were victims.
1: Uh. Uh. (laughs) Oh, sorry. So, a $20 cruiser conformer CD, what's a big deal? You're right. And my mom was like, look, this is your birthday present for next year. Wow. CLC blind. And I'm like, this better be good. So she spent
2: $10 every, for one on one, per year on your birthday? 1991. let me
1: explain. My 13-year-old birthday, or my 13-year-old Christmas, she bought me and my brother Live Shit Binge and Purge, the box set. Wow, and that was like 70 50 60 bucks. Yeah. I don't know how much it was. That was our Christmas present me and my brother. We got to open it together me and my brother. I tore one side. He tore the other off.
2: but your brother was never a metalhead. Yeah, there's he no was,
1: way he was excited about he that. was disappointed about it. <laughs> <laughs> But I would! I would! And he went to Metallica with me. This is why she did this. We she 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 dropped us off to go watch Metallica play. It was Metallica Candlebox fight who replaced Allison Chains because they didn't show up and Suicidal Tendencies and this was on the uh, pretty much. I want to say the Black Album tour because that's what it was, and she bought us a, a fight gift with a, Rob Halford. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They opened. They, they replaced Allison in Chains in the last minute. But anyway,s that's not the point. The point is, is that she bought that us together. And my brother, I remember him looking at me and being like, pushing it over to me. Merry Christmas, dude. <laughs> oh, <laughs> damn, did she know dude. what she was buying
0: for you? Or did she just know that you liked that band?
1: We went to, um, she took me to a uh, Sam Goodies when I was 13. I go, I really want that for Christmas. And she goes, there's bad words on this. You're not getting this. I'm not buying you this. Go to the car. And she bought it. Oh, right. That's what I was
0: going to say because your mom is so nice and sweet. It's funny to think that she's like buying you metal
1: albums. And and dude, and here's the thing.
2: As soon as Pete was opening up that present, there was somebody (laughs) (laughs) getting raped like down the street uh, in his apartment
1: complex because he was so poor. There was a Because he was so poor. Not, not, this is, a horrible thing and this is one of those moments where you realize like as a kid you don't realize like real things are happening no this poor lady she was like in her 60s got raped Mm -hmm. by these dudes and uh it was all over the news and the news station was out there and all this stuff and let me show you you know we all have bad people in us and this is me as a bad person i'm gonna i'm gonna share it with everybody out there okay so this poor lady got raped. These three dudes did it. Um, they ran away. I don't know if they ever got arrested or not. Their faces were on the news. The next day, it was, um, we had uh, fireworks. And there was a. You
2: told this story before. I this think Is this when told you set you fire to the desert? Yeah.
1: So I set fire. I, I, I threw a smoke bomb into this desert, right? Set the whole desert on fire. I mean, dude, it was like. A major fire, a blaze, a blaze. It was probably mm, a football field (laughs) fire. Whoa, that I set right, and we jump over the wall and we run back over. We're like, "Holy shit, holy shit!" And the the fucking cops in the fire department, and we're like, "No, no, no! These three dudes that raped this lady—they're the ones that set this fire." (laughs) We saw them. There was like eight of us that said this to the cops. Oh, right, fuck them because they raped somebody, so they they should take the blame for my fire. (laughs) I
0: was gonna say, yeah, wow. (laughs) For pointing went, the finger at a rapist yeah, for arson.
2: He, he did it. Yeah, I you know what? I did say I pointed at a rapist one time when I was in an elevator and
1: I farted and I just pointed <laughs> and at him. The, the same way. And the cops And the fire department were like, "We know these guys, we'll get them." They came back here, they set this fire to, to and are like, "Yeah, yeah, we saw him set the fire and we <laughs> Yeah. sure enough we uh, we did tell the cops though, that it was a smoke bomb that they threw um, which was what I threw it was a pink It was pink for a second it was funny and then it was not pink anymore right. it was flames there was a lot of homeless people that lived back there right a on. lot mm. of homeless people we lit all their shit on fire if you're guess what, what? more <laughs> poor than you were yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah
0: they probably also had a lot
2: of neighbors get raped <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> but those are on train tracks <laughs>
1: And this all goes back to Blind by COC. Yeah. I, I, I lit up place on fire. I apologize. Now, I didn't buy the fireworks. Somebody gave me the fireworks, told me to throw it. But I was the hand that threw it in the
0: bush. Hey, being a little poor poor metalhead arsonist is a pretty COC story.
1: Uh, yeah. You and know what? So, yeah, If
2: you were a 1%er, P, you would have never played with fire.
1: No, no. I, I probably wouldn't have. And um, you
0: wouldn't have had to share your Christmas presents.
1: Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> Yeah,
2: because Nick would have got his own present. Nick, Nick's hey. my brother. If right. no, no. Pete would have got the one present, and then Nick would have got something Poor that he Nick. actually would have enjoyed.
1: I look back on that where he pushed that present at me and me being smiling and him not smiling. I look back on that now as in uh,
0: you should buy him that God. for every. We could have
1: shared that, brother. We could have I'm so glad that. Nick didn't grow up to be a homicidal maniac because
2: that would have been the turning point. You know what the fact that his mom got Pete a present and not him. Here, share this. He's like, I don't like it. Well, okay.
0: and then he wraps all of his victims up in present boxes. Of- <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> in all, in in all- she gave him one pair of headphones <laughs> to share at <laughs> the same time.
1: <laughs> In all fairness, the next year, Street Fighter 2 on Super NES. So that was Nick's present because I didn't play video games. And uh, that was all she can afford that year. Wow. We, see, I
2: would have loved both those presents. Yeah,
1: I, I do. That was like a mixture of you and your brother. I actually remember uh, putting on the CDs for Live Shit, Binge, and Purge while we played Street Fighter. And my brother being like, a Duke and a Duke. And I'm like, I don't give a shit. I'll, pl- I'll be a Dalsam. And I just kept losing. Right. So the point Dalsam's is. like the but worst that's how, guy.
0: But that's how. It comes I didn't to think to he was
1: the worst guy because he had these long he hands. The long, but I never yeah. won. So just, maybe he yeah, was the he worst
0: was guy. That's, that's why you're such a humble good dude, though, yeah. is because you didn't grow up all spoiled and shit. Yeah. No, I,
1: I didn't I did not grow up spoiled. I appreciate I still have that box set in my uh in my house. So um point is, is that uh my mom got, got in a lot of trouble for getting blind from the BMG service, didn't know who the band was when I got it, and uh, I put it on and I'm like, this guitars sound like this? Wait, drums sound like this? What what am I what is this? This isn't fucking you know, what are my poor years listening to? W- w- this isn't thrash. Yeah. Like, right. what am I listening to? Like, I thought this was a punk rock band. And lo and behold, uh, I ran to the local mall and went to a Sam Goodies and looked for another COC thing. All I can find was a tape with, uh, it, was, it was a tape, COC, six songs with Mike singing. And uh, I picked that up as well in the bargain bin. And, and, and dude, COC has been a band that is, Pepper Keenan is, is, is probably my icon. Like, that's the guy that I want to make music forever and listen to. Down is my favorite band because of Pepper and Kirk and obviously Phil from Pantera. Those those three joining forces in anything and putting out something like NOLA, it, it's not fair to the rest of the world, you know? And um, Reed, Reed was one of those guys. I mean, the drummer, as much as you want to say with... I mean, I, I made films in school and I used uh, the... Music from Deliverance, you know, this is, uh, to say the least, um, I don't want anybody from COC passing away. I know that Reed had some troubles and some addiction issues and, you know, I saw them live quite a few times without Reed, you know, because of those issues and, uh, the fact that he passed away, it's a big deal to punk rock, to metal, to everything. It's, it's a huge deal. And COC is a band that, uh, will live on forever in our fucking world because, God damn, I don't think, dude, our number one record of uh, two years ago was what? No cross, no crown. Yep. You know, that's the last record that Reed played on. That was our favorite record. He wasn't b- we weren't biased when we made that, by the way. Yeah, we weren't biased. No, not at all. No. <laughs> Fact we're, of the matter is, we that are that an
0: objective fa- podcast. We did it
1: mathematically. If you guys want to know, me and Brandon were like, "Hell yeah, Stampede record.
0: is a great record." <laughs> <laughs> Objectively,
1: Jocelyn, <is laughs> Jocelyn's like, "No, I don't know about." It. No, fuck you. We're just, <laughs> <laughs> number one. <laughs> Atlas Moth is number two. Jaws, fuck it. Uh, hey, hey, I love that record. This too. is you a were, loss.
0: It's a huge loss. Yeah. It's it's a legendary loss, and and. You know, to anyone's point, I hope that anyone who is out there and is talented and is struggling, that you know that you are, you will be a loss. Everyone's a loss to us. And
1: and you feel gross because last week I said no more deaths after Sean from Cynic, and sure enough, we. But this week we really mean it. I'm not gonna say a fucking thing. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'm not gonna say a thing. I mean, me and Brandon, uh, we actually recorded last week's episode when, when we got the news that Kobe Bryant died, and we. Could barely record our other podcast, Rise to Offend. You know, we're like, all right, let's fucking figure this out and get our minds straight because the Kobe Bryant thing hit us so hard. Watching it wasn't just it was it was the Kobe and Gianna. It was that was the the two of them. No, no, no,
0: I didn't know. the names that kept being uh, added to uh, the list. I
1: didn't know that Gianna died until after we recorded. Right you know we went home and I saw that and I'm like thank God I didn't know that part of the piece I got the,
2: I got the news as, as you know, I was driving and
1: home and I mean I I had to turn down music it was just nothing but a
2: silent ride home and and then I got in my garage and I just sat in my garage and just wondering like these things don't make sense mm. like whenever whenever a loss happens they don't make sense and um I just I I just hope that when we learn something from this Kobe Bryant thing because you're seeing, you're finally seeing people get t- t- like torn down for posting these malicious, vicious things to say. Like yeah. you're really finally seeing people go, enough is enough, 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 enough is. We're done with your shock value, and just like to to Pete's point, and just just looking back on on uh, the most recent loss, it's like you just got to look at everybody in, in, in a total package. You can't just you can't describe somebody's life in a sentence, and Mm-mm. you can't describe somebody's life in a paragraph. But people are trying to do it in a sentence, and once you just understand that this is there, there's there's a whole novel. There is a, a War and Peace novel that you have to read through when you really want to get an idea of somebody's story. You know, and yeah, um, dude,
1: you don't judge somebody by their weakest moment. Yeah, you don't st- say, "Hey, Chester Bennington killed himself." That's no, no. that doesn't just de- that doesn't define him. It Doesn't define. Chris. Chris Cornell, or it
2: doesn't define them. So it's, it, a,
1: it's a moment that you know a decision was made that you know might have hurt a lot of people. So, but the reason why it hurts so many people, though, is
2: because of the joy and the love and the that love they, they put brought. out into yeah. the world. Yeah. And it's like, and that's why it stings so much. So uh, I, I say it every I, I, every time I, I see a post or, or, or somebody die that, that, that I had like some kind of an emotional attachment to. And I'm a huge sports fan. So seeing Kobe pass, it was, it was one of those things where the guy did bring out emotion. He brought out joy. He brought out, Oh, Kobe, you know what I mean? Like, he, cause he was such a killer, you know? Yeah. And, um,
0: Growing up in high school, if you did something really well, you would yell Kobe. Yeah,
2: Kobe. Yeah, that was the thing. And it was just, you know, and when <laughs> the you... Chappelle sh- show. The Chappelle Yeah, Kobe. The Yeah, Kobe. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and and my thing is, is watching what he did after these horrific accusations were taken apart. And, and it's crazy because if you were one of these people that wants to label him at his lowest moment, well, look at the... Joy that he brought to people past that lowest moment. That it wasn't just him on the court; it was him doing things in his personal life. How many people did he inspire after he realized he was being so selfish with that point? You know, and I mean, it's like the the idea that we're not going to give people enough chance to to change, and and we're not going to give people the the opportunity to prove themselves in your eyes. It's like I'm I'm happy to see that we are getting. To a point in society where we're saying enough is enough, and redemption is possible. And Redemption is possible, Absolutely. And,
0: I, and I know it's cliche, and, it, and we kind of say it all the time. But I really do think this this week is a reminder that you know it's it's devastating to lose artists you love, because especially when you maybe could. I guess my point is: is this mortality? This this mortality being in our face, it, it really does remind you that you only have today. Go see that band. Go see your favorite athlete play. Go hang out with your friend. Like, do those things today. Because in reality, it's we live in a fragile world, and we're fragile humans, and bad things happen to all of us, and sometimes people die, and we lose them, and it sucks, and it's sad. And all I can think about at this point is all the people who now have a hole in their life, right. you know, this week. There's a lot of people this week, and and it's, it's really hard.
2: And you're totally right. And again, when, whenever something like this happens, uh, usually I always post the same message, you uh, And it's call the people that you love Mm -hmm. and let them know that you love them and just do it immediately. Do it immediately. Soon as I heard about Kobe, the first person I called was my mom. What the fuck is she gonna say? You know yeah. what I mean? But I just wanted to talk to some I just wanted somebody that I loved to hear me out. And just like, am I crazy for feeling about some feeling this way about somebody that I've no. never met, that I have no idea how they
1: are as a person, but but I still feel like an attachment. Even to if them? you don't
0: like sports, you can have human empathy for the situation in which somebody lost their life being tragic.
1: Exactly. And and that's and that's the exact point is that when something real happens. To you personally, you gotta hope that there's people out there that understand, you know. And so you should have that same effect and everything like that. Because I, I got some bad news for everybody out there. Something real is gonna happen to all of you. Mm-hmm. You're gonna lose someone you love personally. You're gonna something tragic's going to happen to you. And and you'll your probably... brother's gonna get a present and you're not. Yeah, most likely <laughs> <laughs> your mom's gonna let you know that you're not the favorite this particular year. <laughs> You know, and everybody will will handle it differently. Somebody will need hugs and, and, you know, some people won't want to be left alone completely and not hear anything horrible. And when you think about anybody... And well, all those things it, are valid. Whether, all those feelings are valid. Whether it be Kobe... Exactly. All those things are valid. And when, whether it be Kobe Bryant's wife who just lost her daughter, like if you think you have the courage to go say something horrific to that Kobe Bryant will never see, but she will. You know, um... You got
2: to consider that. Be a human. Well, this is what upsets me so much about the people. Like, there was a comedian that posted something vicious about Kobe Bryant. Not even funny. It wasn't even... They were saying that it was a joke, but it wasn't... There was no joke there. It was just to be vicious. And I'll never censor someone. I'm not one of these people that's like, he shouldn't work ever again. I don't believe that. But I do, because I want to give him the chance to prove himself. You know what I mean? Like, do you, are you... Like, what, what what goes on in your mind when you have to say something like that? And now consider this. What would happen if it's somebody that mattered to you that passed? And then you jump on Instagram or, or t- Twitter, and then you see somebody blasting your mom. You know what I mean? Your mom, this chick is such a dumb this or that or whatever.
1: And it's like, whoa. Like I'm not mad at the comedian. I'm mad at every single fucking person that responded. Or reacted and didn't ignore him.
0: Just ignore it.
1: Ignore it. Would you be a fucking human? Ignore the ignorance. Ignore the ignorance. It's not your place to respond that, to people who have no nothing to say.
0: That also goes for people coming at you with ignorance. And, this and, is yeah, the problem uh, on the internet. Who, don't respond to them. Yeah,
1: completely. And that's the thing that makes me so upset <laughs> is that we as a culture right now don't ignore it. We embrace it and we want to make it about us to be like, you're wrong. You know what? if that nobody responded to that the comedian you're talking about or anybody like that this would be a better place and we would move on and, and and it would die in the desolate wastelands of all the other nonsense on the fucking media the fact is that people want to respond to it do not respond to hate do, re- do not respond to ignorance if someone didn't know someone they have no reference they have no say so and with that guys let's jump into our interview with Charlotte and Martine from D-Lane. <laughs> Everybody, what's going on? It's Petter. Metal Sucks Podcast. On the phone, I have Martin and Charlotte from D-Lane. We are here to talk about the new record, Apocalypse and Chill, which is coming out February 7th. Um, Back to uh, Charlotte. I don't know if you knew this, but I'm sure you do, but um, I'm from Las Vegas, Nevada, and we were talking about Martin here right before we got on the uh, air here. He's coming out here to get married in about a month. So, I'm excited, man. So, do you, what are the plans, if I may ask you? Like, what I know you're going to come out here, and I know I know how Vegas is. We can be quick, but uh, do you have anything cool planned? Do you do you know anything specific yet, or no? no
3: we're Not going to a metal drive. Allow me to say. Uh, a,
1: a, the drive thru drive no, Yeah. Not going to do that, or or get an Elvis impersonator
3: marrying us. Not going to do that. But <laughs> no, um, uh, I think we're. Um, we're going to get married in one of the big hotels. I don't... The, the name of the hotel eludes me. No but it has a big wedding chapel in there. And then we're going to have a party so in one of the bars. And that's kind of it. It's very simple, actually. I'm not going to have a huge uh, event going on. But, um... But, that's it's going to be fun. And, and I think we stay at the hotel to strip. I think it's the Flamingo. But, um... Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Excited. Sad, everyone, everyone will be there, paparazzi. <laughs> you, know, you know how big the flamingo is. So even they won't find would it. people be slightly interested, which I think they won't, <laughs> I think I'm quite safe. <laughs> good,
1: well, good, good, I live out here, as you guys know. So every year on our anniversary, this is what me and my my wife do, is we go to a new wedding chapel and we renew our vows. That's our anniversary every single year. Uh, and we try to find it. We haven't done the drive-through yet, but we've discussed it. <laughs> so, um, because it's so you know everywhere, and it's cheaper, and it's simple to renew your vows is cheaper than the wedding. Just so you know, but that's uh that's our thing out here. What do you what do you think, Charlotte? You think that that's romantic? Does it work?
4: I, I think that that's very very romantic. Yes. Right. Um, wow, this is. I've actually this week I've gone into a tattoo shop to. Uh, I was fifteen years together with uh with my partner, and I have like a tattoo, and every five years I add a tattoo to it because in my encounter it goes you know with a stripe or five. so we're all being very romantic today. No. Oh nice! No.
1: <laughs> you know how many I... m- metal interviews I start with romance?
4: Yes, zero. Yes. <laughs> right. okay. This is the
1: first time you know, it's ever listening. happened. Go ahead, sorry. I was have you ever been, have you renewed your vow at, with an Elvis impersonator already? I did. I did. Ah. <laughs> it's uh, it's, it's kind of crazy because the guy that, that my co-host Brandon on the show, him and his wife got married um, years ago with this guy that did the Elvis impersonation in front of the Las Vegas sign. And then when I got married, my first wedding, he wasn't an Elvis impersonator, but it was the same guy that officiated our <laughs> wedding. It was crazy. And this is like four years apart, different, same guy. And I remember looking at him. You could tell he does impersonate Elvis, even though he dressed up nicely. But uh, that's how it kind of worked out. So it's probably a small market, and they're just making money everywhere. Uh, that's what I think.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, but, I think it's kind of cool. Uh, I think it belongs a little bit to Vegas, you
1: know. Yeah, yeah, we're losing our. Uh, we're we're gaining so much that we're losing a little bit of that back charm. Now we're now we're getting a little too fancy because we're supposed to be cheesy a little bit, but now we're not really cheesy yeah. anymore. It's, we're losing that.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I hear like, "Oh, you're getting married in Vegas? How classy!" And of course they're being a little bit sarcastic. <laughs> but, now, uh, now
1: they're not. I'm telling you, it's I classy. Like it- Let's talk about the Apocalypse, guys, because the new record, as we mentioned, is Apocalypse and Chill. Now, the Apocalypse, it seems to be the worst possible thing to happen, but we're all we're all kind of obsessed with it now. Fictionally, what Apocalypse do you guys think would be the best thing to happen in the world? Zombies, machines, what do you think, fictionally? Martin, you go first.
3: Uh, I always had something for zombies, mm. uh, and very fascinating to see how the world breaks down in that way. Sounds kind of weird, but and what I also like is is disease, like with this, with Stephen King, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, um, um, uh, with the stand, you also see how how a kind of organization and government how it breaks down. I find it always really fascinating. I hope I will never never experience it, of course. But um, yeah, the, those kind of sh- yeah movies are really cool to see. Mm-hmm.
1: Charlotte, what about you? What what apocalypse do you think is the uh the one that you would want to be in if it was a fictional one?
3: Oh, well,
4: wow. okay. Uh, the stars, the one I absolutely hate is the water world one. Mm. Like I would, <laughs> I would just hate to be on water all of the time. And the the nasty thing is that this is probably more realistic than any of the zombie apocalypse ones. Um But yeah, I I think I would go for any kind of apocalypse where maybe uh, I'm not sure if I should say more or less intelligent life form takes over. Uh, There there was this uh, there was this book made into a movie which was called the girl with all the gifts Mm -hmm. and there are zombies, but not typical. I would like this. I would like to tell the end, but it will ruin it for everyone who wants to see the the, the movie or the book. So I won't. But it's it's a type of zombie apocalypse. Yes.
1: Wow, a po- that's a positive apocalypse. I like that. I do. I would not yeah. survive a zombie apocalypse. I don't know if you guys would. Like, I I really couldn't. I couldn't make it. I'd, Absolutely not. Yeah. No. No. So
4: well, that was. That was uh, 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 sorry, I have to. I have to because I'm just thinking about it better now. But when we did in 2014, we had the album called The Human Contradiction. Mm -hmm. And that actually the title came from a science fiction book by Octavia E. Butler. And in that book, like aliens kind of rescued some humans from a dying earth where only a few people had survived. And then the aliens and the humans kind of repopulate together, which is very weird, but also very interesting book. That also sounds kind of good because when they do, it's all more um, it's all more inclusive, you know, and not so very humanist. It's very, yeah, it's, that, that, that would also be a good one. Like if we really have to all die, then maybe that way would, yeah.
1: I do like that. If we have to all die, we evolved some way. In a, yeah. in a more positive yeah, way, I do like that. Opposed yeah. to Terminator, where machines just take over and we devolve. If I may, you know.
4: We, we, we mix with some nice aliens, and
3: yeah.
1: Hmm.
3: I don't know about the mixing part, <laughs> but <laughs> depends on the uh, depends on the aliens, perhaps. I know. Yeah, it did, it was
4: weirdly interesting. Like the the human alien intercourse parts in the book were kind of like I don't know what to think about this, but. Um, <laughs> they all keep enjoying. It wasn't really convincing, but the, yeah.
1: Now, yeah. yeah, that's that's actually that. Here's the thing: is that it all depends on. If I, I don't want to sound too creepy. It all depends on the alien. If it looks like the alien from the movie Alien that shoots out like the little thing out of its mouth and kills people.
4: Yeah, no, 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 no. rather not. No, no,
1: can't do that. That's 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 a no go. No.
4: Love well, how this interview goes from talking about each other's wives and husbands to alien intercourse and this is this is off to a very good start so far.
1: And we're out here to promote the new record Apocalypse and Chill. <laughs> Coming out February 7th out here, guys. Yeah, that's how, that's how I go. I always try to do the conversational parts first, and then uh, I definitely we're going to delve into the record for a little bit here. The Waterworld one was a really good one because I forgot about that, but that would be awful, and that is realistic. The more and more we talk about the global warming thing that um, people in our country think does not exist. I don't know if you guys have the same uh, thing going on over there where people are like, no, global warming is a myth. Do you guys, is that something that goes on?
3: I'm a believer. Well, and, and we're living in the Netherlands. Uh, so mm-hmm. we kind of already live in the water. Yes. So. Yes. <laughs> All the low level here. might not have a country in a couple of years. You never
1: know how it goes. <laughs> well, you're going to visit Vegas, Martin. You're going to be like, you know what? This is a horrible, horrible situation, but I'm going to come out to Vegas and it, we're, we have a dry heat. We're never really fun out here. It's, it's the weather's very bland. So we might be the end of the water world. We might be like where it stops for a while because of our weather. Us in Arizona.
3: Well, that's, yeah, exactly. It's a good perspective. Perhaps that's also why I have uh, my uh, uh, fiance is from Arizona. So from uh, the watery world in the Netherlands going to the furnace in, uh, in Arizona. So <laughs> nice contrast.
1: Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So, and I do like the fact that um, we we're talking about some books that you read um, when we're talking about the apocalypse. I'm talking about movies because I wish I read more. But does this album, Apocalypse of Chill, is there a book that maybe inspired some of the songs or anything that you guys read?
4: I think from a lyrical point of view, this is more inspired by you know what you read when you open a newspaper or see when you turn on the news or open your social media uh, on a daily basis than it has been on literature. Actually, for the first time, because our lyrics have always been very literature-heavy um, when it comes to inspiration, but this is uh, more, um, yeah, a little bit more zeitgeisty.
3: Mm. What's going on in the world nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. Like being like, like California being on fire and Australia being on fire. And, uh, you know, very, it, it, the, the, the subject is very now-ish, so to say.
1: And then, and what I liked about just the cover or the image is that like, we can't, I mean, as individuals, we have to band on some sort of way together or we just have to kind of write it out. We can't do anything as an individual. There's a little helplessness to us. So to stay positive and just kind of live your life no matter what the outcome is i felt that a lot and when i listened to the record lyrically i I thought it was hopeful that's why your answer charlotte with the positive apocalypse kind of made sense did you feel there was kind of a hopeful vibe to a lot of the lyrics you guys were writing
4: i definitely think so and i also like um i think that there is a lot of things that you can do personally i think that it can feel really uh, powerless because you're no, you know, you're just one person. You're just, you know, one uh, drop on a hot plate, as we say in Dutch, and I have no idea as I'm saying it if that's an English saying as well. But um, I do think that every little thing that you do as an individual can make uh, can make a massive change um, because you see that these things inspire others as well. So. A lot of things that were weird like years and years ago have become very, very common. Like uh, when you look at adjustments to diet or energy use or you
3: name it. So, it, yeah. And also, and also things which have been solved, like like the ozone layer, you know, there was a big problem, the ozone layer. Now there is no hole anymore in the ozone layer. And sour rain was a in the 80s a big problem that the rain falling down of the skies was sour and killing trees and stuff. And, um, yeah, you know, um, everybody can make a small contribution and if everybody does that then massive
1: changes happen. And I agree. And that's, that's something that we never get is that when technology, when we look at it on a day to day, like social media and things like that, we do see a large negative, but with that technology, there is scientists out there that are using it to create much better things. That just doesn't get um, put out there in the me- in the media world <laughs> too often. But like you just mentioned about the ozone layer or any of those um, ecological things that we can run into, technology is going to help us maybe combat that. Where years ago we probably couldn't. Do you guys agree with that at all?
4: I definitely think so. If you just look at you know sources of renewable energy, um, uh, what they can do with like having cars run on LJ or You know, just solar power, um, you name it. Finding good alternatives for people who find it hard to give up meat. um, You know, there are so many things that can be fixed with technology. Um, But, you know, it always works from all sides. Like, for example, for the ozone layer or for something like um, there's been certain rules against shooting certain animals because they were going extinct uh i think the humpback wheel made like a survival that was like like really a rule by the government um so that was kind of yeah you can say it's forced upon people from higher on but i think that in this case was a very positive change and then there is the changes that people can do on a day-to-day basis that make like a small change and then there are people who are working to really um, develop these kind of technologies that will help a lot of people in the long run. Like there's actually on a lot of fronts, there is a lot of work that can actually uh, push us forward. <laughs> Sometimes it's hard to
3: see, you know, when the world's on fire.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Martin, do you have anything to add on that one or no?
3: No, I totally agree. I uh, technology agree. is, yeah, you know, uh, the human race is very adaptive. That's what sets us apart from uh, from other animals who are way less adaptive. Sadly, I think they have as much of a right to live on, uh, on the earth than we do. Uh, and um, so don't, don't get me wrong there, but it, it makes me, it gives me, uh, how do you say, it's, it's a positive realization knowing how adaptive the human race is and inventive, It can be, and um, uh, so that's 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 yeah, an optimistic gives me an optimistic uh, feeling about what can happen. Yeah, we'll see what happens.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we will. We will. I do feel positive trends are taking over uh, the world in a lot of ways. Again, it's just you don't to report it in media or news something that's a positive trend. I don't think would sell as well. But I do see no, it. No, doesn't
3: fail, does it? <laughs>
1: yeah, I, on my day-to-day, I see it. It's great. And, and as you were mentioned with diet, which is a, a big thing that I've seen more and more is people going to a more vegan diet and things like that where you go back 10 or 15 years, you were almost shamed if you did that, you know? So, so that's something that I did find very positive. Now, one thing I did want to... I always like to break down a track, a song on the record that I think, um, you know, is just fantastic and this record i'm a big fan of the whole thing but the track masters of destiny i feel like sounded like a very challenging one to make so martin can i start with you can you tell me the origins of that track before we talk about the vocal performance on that
3: um yeah actually i just i started uh with the theme uh which is strings and choirs and talking about technology it's insane what you can do with music software nowadays so the choirs you hear on the youtube uh, video for example is um, they are not real Um, and charlotte did some layers on top of that but uh, you now you have you have software where you can really let the choir say words and i play them on my keyboard and that's how i started with that and uh the same goes for the drums uh, like you got percussion not even I'm not even talking about the drums but the orchestral percussion that's that's such a fantastic uh, music uh, application you can use and uh, it really inspired me and and started me going with that song and in that 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 rhythm and that's actually where it, where, where it all started and then of course it's grew bigger and bigger and at a certain point um, I also um, have help with the orchestrations. Uh, I always make the basic orchestration myself and then I give it to a Finnish classical arranger and he kind of makes the small details and uh, programs them and plays them and then he sends it back to me. He does such a fantastic job and then then, then I can tweak that again um and then you come to the end result. And he also did that with the choirs uh, with help from Charlotte. Charlotte made lyrics for the choirs and sang on on it and um, gave it to the this orchestral arranger to Miko. and he recorded a real choir. And, um, yeah, that's a little bit how this song grew and grew and grew. And this real choir you can find on the album version of the song. Uh, but that's a little bit how this part came to came to be.
1: And then, Charlotte, when you stepped into the writing process of this song, lyrically, all that stuff?
4: I think when I got the first part, it was... Um, the intro and the first orchestric part with uh well i guess i would say what is now the chorus and uh, I, I mean i loved it instantly and i sang actually i think that from there on it remained um so i sang on top of it and of course they're they're very contrasting parts and i sang like three different or four <laughs> different functions of which I thought, well, it's never going to be like that in the eventual version because you know, it's it's a lot, and I was kind of screaming, and I was like, this is probably going to be too much. So I I sent it back to Martina, who's with like a disclaimer, like, oh, I really love this this idea, and and here's a part with like uh, an array of different possibilities that we could go for if this one were to, you know, (laughs) be written further on. And I think in the end, all of those things uh, are on there. I think this song is a good example that sometimes more is more, you know? (laughs) Um, We didn't do a whole lot of cutting in this one, but we did do a lot of adding. And I feel like this is exactly the type of song that can have all of that. even you know it, it, like martin said even better in the end with the with the real choirs added i think for me that that gives it a whole new level of um, organic feeling in comparison to the version that we have on the ep now so i'm uh, I'm, I'm i'm really wondering like uh, whether people are going to notice that it's actually a very different version that they're getting on the album than it is on the ep
1: mm. I'm not sure, but I know that I heard the album, and I got the goosebumps, and I think you described it. Why well, I like that more is more thing. It really worked out. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now because it, it did. And um, and Guys, I bring up that song because we're going to play two tr- tracks off the record after the interview. That's going to be one second, Burning Bridges. This one, make sure you pre-order the album because you guys have to hear this song, man. It's, it's, it's so good. It's uh, track 10 on the record if you guys haven't checked it out yet, but make sure you're pre-ordering it once again, guys. Apocalypse and Chill is the record. So the influences behind you guys I heard mentioned in an interview are newer when you went into the studio. So when you were following up Moonbathers, did you guys know that you wanted it to kind of have a different sound and a different approach to this record? Or was it something that you discovered when you decided to sit down and start writing it? Uh,
3: We never so much plan which direction we want to take. It. It. Uh, I always talk about the great river of creativity and let it lead us. Um, and my my function in in this process is a little bit to be the producer, but not in that sense. Um, uh, it's it's um, uh, we just go with the flow. And uh, it's funny because last week we got the actual record uh, in by by the mail service and. And I listened to the album again, and I thought there's a heck of a lot of electronic elements on here, and people, and 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 that sounds a little bit different. We had electronic elements in the past as well, but not so prominent as as now, and um, and it was not aimed for. It it just happened, and um, yeah. So we we just we write what we feel at that moment and we um, and, and just go with it. So no planning there.
1: Charlotte, what about you? Anything to add on that one?
4: No, I agree. Like we, uh, it's, it's a good thing, I guess, that our writing process is quite organic. Like we have plans, we want to write a song like this, we want to go in that direction, we want to write like a live banger or something. But if a song really wants to go in a different way, um, you know, you can force these kind of things. This is something that we've learned over the last 15 years of writing together. So um, I totally concur. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I completely. That's, that's, I think, the genuine thing about being musicians in, in our genre. A lot of people do have to do it exactly how you guys are describing it. It has to be organic. You got to feel it. It can't be forced. Um, and that also allows it, to, the band to grow, as you mentioned, the electronic elements of the record. I mean, there's still plenty of riffs, you know, people are going to love it. There's still the heavy element, but a lot of it does, um, it, it I don't want to say it blends together. It just blends together really well where you're not noticing the exact instrumentation all the time, you know, cause the songs do kind of breathe by themselves. And I do think that that was something that I, um, I, I thought would be kind of a challenge, but it wasn't intentional. It's just kind of how it flowed together, correct?
3: Yeah, it, it''s, it's um, I think it's one of the most diverse albums we made mm-hmm. uh, for several reasons, but it was not upfront. we said, okay hey let's make the most diverse album we ever made. Uh, no it was not that was not intentional. but of course during the process you do notice certain parts where you think hey this is really cool, we like it, it's delaying. But it's different. And a lot of the signals we get from people say, like, hey, it's so different, but it's still delaying. And of course, that's always the, for, for artists, that's always the paradox you kind of fight. Uh, because at on one end, you want to reinvent yourself and, and and do something refreshing. But on the other hand, you want to be yourself and you, you are still. Of course, you evolve as a person, but you're still the same person. Um, So I think, um, yeah, it was, in this case, a very happy marriage.
1: Nice. What song, because now we're six albums in, guys. You guys have been together quite some time now. And so we know when the songs are coming out to the live presentation that um, we won't be able to hear every song on the record live because you guys got such a great back catalog. What song are you guys itching to play live that you haven't yet from this record?
4: It's got to be the ballad for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I think that a lot of these songs would work really well as live tracks. We've been performing so much for the last two years that that feeling of being on a stage also kind of comes with you when you write the song. So I think that actually most of these songs would do very well. Um, But I really look forward to... Also doing a smaller song again. We don't do we don't play ballads a lot on tour, um, so yeah. <laughs> it's always you know uh, the rule makes
3: you fond of the exception, so to speak.
1: Nice, Martin. What about you?
3: I would love to hear creatures Live. Actually, we always make concept set list where we work for to. Uh, to perform them live, and actually, it's not even on the set list right now. So, uh, yeah, I'm kind of struggling with that anyway to find a spot for it. But um, no, I really like that song because that song is kind of slow, and in on one end, it's soft, but on the other hand, it's not soft at all. The work title we used for that song was Amona Mart, because the opening riff is really doomy, slow, and heavy. And it reminded uh, Guus. um, um, uh, Guus is the person we always write, uh, Charlotte and me. Uh, Our writing team consists out of Charlotte, Guus and me. And uh, he said, oh, this is the uh, Amman Amart song. And uh, (laughs) so that's how we we call it. So it's a song with a lot of contrast in it as well. It has heavy riffing, but it's also slow and soft at times. And it's intense. And I would love to hear it live.
1: Nice man So I, I gotta tell you guys Album is great Congratulations to both you guys For putting out another fantastic record Everybody out there I gotta tell you guys One more time Apocalypse and Chill It's coming out February 7th Pre-order this album Trust me on that um, And one more time I wanna thank Martin Congratulations on your nuptials. I can't wait for you to come out here. I'm warning you, February is like our only thank cold you. month, though. Just so you know, it's still still bring a... I know you got the clothes, but I'm just saying, it's still cold out here on that one time. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, it's war. It's warmer than in the Netherlands, I suspect. So yes. I, I will be
1: happy. <laughs> I, can, I can guarantee you that. And uh, Charlotte, I want to thank you so much first for calling in and talking about the records. Congratulations. The vocal performance on this record, I think, is a standout. And I really, really... Um, I can't wait for the people to hear that. So, with that, thank you very much. You're very welcome. With that, guys, I want to thank you both so much for calling in to the Metal Sucks podcast.
3: You're welcome. Sure.
5: A second just to fall in love. It takes a second just to fall in love.
1: Sucks Podcast. Guys, first song you heard is one second off the new record from Delane, Apocalypse and Chill. Second song, Burning Bridges. As we mentioned, guys, make sure you guys are checking it out, pre-ordering that record. It's coming out February seventh. And with that, I want to thank everybody out there for giving us the five-star reviews. I keep seeing them pop up on iTunes. We're well past two hundred. Thank you guys so much for hitting that little milestone for us. It meant a lot to us. It meant a lot to the all the people that you know rated the show before we even got on dude thank you guys so much for that and also thank you guys so much for the following that we're going to rise to offend our other podcast documentary podcast this week we're doing the joker we're going to complete the joker um and you know with that we want to thank you guys for everything and uh, like i said earlier i'm not preaching here ignore the ignorance find the love social media is a great thing just don't let it don't let the fucking idiots take over for you with that we'll talk to you guys next week The Metal Sucks Podcast is signing off.
2: This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.